0: I want to thank Research Consultants International for sponsoring today's podcast. They're a globally renowned lead generation firm that helps economic development organizations create real prospects. They've helped over 500 economic development organizations. Let me tell you exactly what they do they facilitate one on one meetings for economic developers with corporate executives who will have projects soon. They can facilitate these meetings to where you travel to the corporate executive's office and meet them there, or you meet them at a trade show, or even have a conference call so you don't have to pay for travel. They recently launched a service called FDI 365, which provides you a lead a day of fast-growing companies that will be expanding soon. Their research has helped over $5 billion in projects get cited since inception. I encourage you to go to www.researchfdi.com to learn more about Research Consultants. As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic development organizations. Call them now. They can help you create real prospects. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy our content, we'd sure love for you to subscribe to our podcast channel and give us a five-star rating. Additionally, you can find video content from Next Move Group on our Next Move Group YouTube channel. Welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group We Are Jobs Podcast. This is Chad Chancellor, co-founder of Next Move Group. Today we're joined by Courtney Pogue with the city of Dallas, Texas. Courtney' is the director of Economic Development in Dallas. So Courtney, thank you for spending a few minutes with us.:
1: Hey, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. and with all the current situations taking place in the country and around the world, as relates to the current pandemic, and as relates to economic development, it's an evolving industry right now, and everything's changing. Well, tell
0: us all the good things going on in Dallas, non-COVID-related, then we'll hit on the COVID. I know every time I've been to <laughs> Dallas the last few years, and I go a lot, it's just cranes in the air and stuff going on. So why don't you tell us what's behind all of that?
1: Well, I think we kind of leave the nation in cranes, and then look around, like, that's the bird in Dallas, it's the official bird of the city, yeah. <laughs> the tower crane. So we <laughs> got a lot of those going up. But I will say it is from our industrial sector. Uh, we've seen a lot of activity down in the inland port area. Probably have roughly about, about 50 mega square feet of industrial taking place or between various cities, the city of Dallas, Wilmer, Hutchins, and uh, Lancaster, as far as development taking place there. Uh, another part of town, uh, the Mountain Creek Industrial Market, submarket, we will see a lot of activity down there also. A lot of our uh, large scale deals. We have uh, roughly about 2 mega square feet for Home Depot that's being built out and another million mega square foot are going up. A lot of industrial activity and I uh, will say so this over the past few months, activity has definitely been pretty steady, actually. Things have not slowed down as it makes the industrial market. You look at the uh, business development side as far as corporate relocation. In Dallas, just because the uh, market and where we're located, we're seeing a lot of interest from across the globe. Companies want to locate, relocate here, but also expand here in Dallas. So we are definitely seeing uh, a huge uptick as far as business development activities here within the Dallas area.
0: Well, I know you all have a lot of corporate headquarters projects as well as life sciences, health care and all, so not just industrial type stuff. So why don't you talk about some of those white collar type projects and jobs being created in that market?
1: Well, yeah, UT Southwestern is currently undergoing a major expansion plan here in the city. And you know, Bill Scott and White was uh, one of the largest hospitals in Texas, also undertaking a major expansion right now. Uh, relocating a lot of their consolidating a lot of some of their facilities into one location here in the uh, Deep Element area of the city. Just last year, you probably read in a paper that uh, Uber was decided to bring their second largest I guess facility here to, to Dallas and bringing roughly 3,000 jobs. You know, products like that. Nokia moved into the city also in an area called Cypress Waters, which is seeing that huge uptick of growth. Cypress Waters is right by the airport, FW Airport, so we've seen a lot of companies who want to have a Dallas address and be into a new industrial, well, new business park, uh, really relocate their activities to that area, not just from the metroplex, but from across the country because of the access, but also the amenities they're seeing with new bills, but also the being a part of a new community, and that's just a growing area. I think it's almost 10,000 jobs up there now, and our objective is to see another 10 to 20,000 jobs take place in the next five to 10 years in that area.
0: So how has COVID-19 changed what you're doing and what are your activities looking like these days?
1: Well, we have to adapt. I mean, you know, business development is definitely, uh, you know, our kind of bread and butter. One of the things we have done the past, really three months is create a small business program. We're planning some small business activities as part of our economic development strategy. It's been the worst the past year or So we actually had to wrap that up pretty quickly and create a program called the Small Business Continuity Fund, which is basically a $5 million program to help small businesses out here in the city of Dallas during the current pandemic. Uh, What we did with the $5 million basically take $2.5 million for grants and $2.5 million for loans. Uh, This is geared toward businesses that had revenues less than $1.5 million and had employees employment based on less than 50 employees. So we were able to get that out, and currently there are businesses are going through underwriting, and we should be able to support roughly about 300 businesses with the program here in the city of Dallas. We also, working with our housing department, we were able to create a rental mortgage assistance program. That's about $13 million that was pretty much utilized to seed that program, and that's really to help out some of our low-to-moderate income renters here in the city, but also low-to-moderate income homeowners. Who uh, needed assistance with their rental or mortgage payments during the current pandemic? So, uh, that program is slated to serve about thousand people. And of course, we're trying to reach out on the business side of the equation, reach out to all of our small businesses here, do a lot of follow ups, but also within our webpage, the um, dallasequodavs.org, making sure people are updated with the latest resources out there to really help their businesses. One thing that we actually did launch a few weeks ago is called Sides Up. It's basically about a lot of the data analytics that a business needs to kind of look at the market and do some benchmarking and understand their competitive set. Um, that's also on our website, so it's actually size up. There's a name of the program, and that's really a, a very useful tool for small businesses as far as helping them out during the current pandemic.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. They're one of our partners in our movement that we have launched, and we we recommend Size Up. So I, I didn't know you had taken them on, so I'm glad you mentioned that. I think <laughs> yeah. that's really owning a small business myself. I mean, I think what they can provide is, is really important. So now to the important stuff. So I know you spent time uh, before you got to Dallas in the Georgia market and up near Chicago. So have you learned to say go Cowboys yet down there, or uh, is that still coming to you?
1: Well, they, they kind of, you know, give you a shot, and you got to say it. So, <laughs> you take a shot, you <laughs> Go hey, Cowboys. I, 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 <laughs> I'm in Dallas. <laughs> I, how about them cowboys? Yeah, I
0: used to root against them. Uh, I always rooted against them, but but I went to Mississippi State, and they got Dak Prescott. So now, unless they're playing the Saints, I, I find myself rooting for the Cowboys. So I never thought I would, but, but I even got a Cowboys jersey with Dak's number on it. <laughs> you
1: got. You got to root with Dak now. Dak's a good guy. You got to root for him. So he's, you know, he's he got his contract. I guess he got the uh, the franchise tag, and he's a happy camper.
0: Well, walk with us through your career. So I know, like I said, you spent time in Georgia, I believe, in Clayton County, and in the Chicago area. So you've had some really cool stops along your way. So how'd you get into economic development, and and walk us through your stops on the way there to Dallas?
1: Well, yeah, economic development kind of like most people kind of fell into it. You know when you know, 20 years ago, I was a banker 25 years ago as a banker, one of the money center banks in Chicago, and went out to Wall Street in New York for about a year and a half and worked for a place called Credit Suisse for Boston, did some banking, investment banking there, uh, media and telecom side of uh, the equation of the house. You know, worked some long hours and 80-hour weeks, 60-hour weeks, you know, and wanted to change of pace. and. Called the guy up at New in Chicago, I had met him when I was um, an undergrad at Howard University, and said, Hey, I, I want to do more in community based economic development, supporting the community, and so on. And uh, just so happy he had opportunity at the City of Chicago in the uh, Department of Planning and Development. And I applied, interviewed, that kind of started my career as far as it relates to economic development. So. When I had to study Chicago, I worked on a lot of small business transactions, a lot of handholding as far as mom and pop businesses. But also, you know, Chicago is one of the largest or second largest industrial market in the country. So, you know, you saw a lot of uh, older industrial buildings need tax abatements or tax incentives, but also utilizing tax um, increment financing projects as far as structuring deals there. Working on empowerment zone transactions, empowerment zone bonds. Around that time, you know. That also was a good time when people did industrial revenue bonds. You're not seeing a lot of those taking place, but hopefully next few months, I guess, the bill is actually going to on the floor as far as making some changes to the private activity bonds for industrial uses. So hopefully within our, within our industry, we'll see more activity as it relates to utilizing private activity bonds for industrial uses. Work with Chicago Housing Authority, so this affordable housing, public housing, market rate housing. Around about 1998, 1999, they took, on, they took one of the largest redevelopment projects in the country. Uh, it's basically a $1.5 billion plan called the plan for transformation, where they were going to build 25,000 public housing units based on the principle of a third, a third, a third. So a third would be 25,000 would be public housing, uh, 25,000 would be more or less affordable units, and 25,000 would be market rate. So was Happy to be engaged with that plan and kind of help shape out some of the preliminary numbers to get that plan together. So I did it roughly about a year on the public housing side and affordable housing side, and then decided to leave the public sector and go into the private market and work for a uh, commercial mortgage investment bank called Cohen Financial and did that roughly about two and a half years and I was an analyst there and kind of got the, my exposure to the four food groups of real estate from working in retail projects to hospitality, to industrial and office projects, and kind of got a good understanding of all the various, you know, the development projects as it relates to real estate, but also understanding, you know, how do you build a real estate portfolio on the commercial side, but also looking at ways to dispose of the I portfolio, I'm Happy to work on the mailing transaction where they actually unwound pretty much all the K-marts within the portfolio and kind of sold those off. But also, you know, they had a merchant banking side of the equation where they would actually lend out money on a short-term basis for developers to do some of your deal or Walgreens, industrial project, apartment complex, pretty much all around the country. So, spent a lot of time on the road, worked in the Tampa market, worked in the LA market, worked in the Chicago market. So, got a lot of exposure to commercial real estate and around about 2002, um, was happy to start my own shop. And... Came back to Chicago and worked on starting my own firm and doing a lot of advisory work for developers who wanted to go into the south and west side of Chicago and structure all these exotic transactions that entail public private partnerships, work with new market test credits and structuring TIFF deals and the tax abatements and so on, and private zone tools. So, pretty much putting those tools and matching those tools up with the private sector capital, but really helping developers understand. You know how these tools work, and so I built a business around that for about 10 years and worked on some great projects in the city of Chicago, Harper Court, one basically repositioning project where the University of Chicago put up um, one of their office buildings, a new hotel, roughly about 100,000 square feet of retail, parking deck, new movie theater, and so on, right in the middle of center of Hyatt Park. And then I worked on the first um, grocery store project, Part of Chicago, first one in roughly about 40 years. So, you know, it was a very exciting projects that I was an opportunity to work on and really time to give back and provide some insights and see those projects come to, come to life. Work for Cook County. Cook County is the second largest county in the country, you know, 1,700 square miles, 135 cities that comprise in Cook County. So, people think about Cook County, think about Chicago, and those are 134. Uh, little towns and villages that make up Cook County. So I got the chance of going from north to south. And that was, that could be a day's travel. (laughs) (laughs) South Cook County and North Cook County and dealing with, you know, 60 to 80 mayors and my counterparts in economic development. But it was well worth it. Got some time to create some great projects. You know, one thing I was very proud of is that one of our major grocers shut down on December of 2013 called Dominic's. So there was two major grocers in the market Chicago land market one is jewel they're still operating the other was dominance so they basically went out of business and they left 39 vacant stores in Cook County one from north to south and right before Christmas of 2013 the county board president gave me hey you go figure this out <laughs> <laughs> you go these things back create a new program but wherever you do figure this out so I was able to create a new program and I have to say, I think uh, almost 90% of those stores were leased up, either with new grocers or some other type of retail, because we created a new tax incentive to really help support retaining those spaces. From Cook County, went to Georgia. You know, I wanted to be closer to my parents at that time, and moved to Georgia and took care of my mom, actually, for about, like, two years, and worked in Clayton County. Clayton County is the airport, so a lot of people don't realize that when you buying a Hartsville-Jackson, uh, technically, you not in the city of Atlanta. You're actually in Clayton County, Georgia. <laughs> so I uh, worked there about two years and was able to work on a lot of industrial projects because it's basically the proximity to the airport, proximity to the interstate, 675 and 75 and 285. It's, it's a great industrial market. And of course, the airport is a great selling point for the area. So I found a lot of activity links to industrial development and also retail development. Came here to Dallas. Saw so a great opportunity to be in Dallas. Nice, larger city. You know, it's very competitive. To Atlanta. You know, Atlanta competes directly directly with Dallas, and you know, Dallas competes with Chicago. So, having worked in both markets, kind of have a kind <laughs> have a secret, secret sauce. So, it's kind of, I guess, I'm a secret weapon. People would say. <laughs> yeah. Kind understand a competitive set, and you know, I kind of understand what's going on in both uh, the two um, benchmark cities, both Chicago and Atlanta. So, it's been a Great adventure,
0: man. Thank you, Courtney. We're going to take a quick break for a message for our listeners and be right back with a lot more with Courtney Pogue after this. I want to thank Location One, some folks know it as Lois, for sponsoring today's podcast. Location One has, in my opinion, the best buildings and sites database in the economic development industry. And- now the coronavirus is hidden and, and everything's been disrupted i've been thinking a lot about if i were an economic developer still what would i do during this time and i know without question i would transition to lois and get my buildings and sites as updated as i possibly could so that when we come out of this economic downturn we're ready to go let me tell you why i like lois it is the most responsive mobile friendly buildings and sites database i have found it's easy to use It's just as easy to use on an iPad or iPhone as it is a computer. I was browsing around last week uh, on a a state economic development building and site database and the thing, it just wouldn't work. It wouldn't work properly. You had to be an engineer to figure it out. It was too much. It had this circle you could draw to look at buildings. The circle wouldn't work. When I backed out, it forgot what square footage I was looking for. None of that happens with Lois. This is the best buildings and sites database I have found. I've looked far and wide. It is the most easy to use from a site selection standpoint on any platform. I'm told it's just as easy to use for economic developers, that it really walks you through inserting your information and putting it in so that prospects can use it. So I really encourage you, take a look at location1.com. Use this time while we're down to update your buildings and sites. Transition to Location One. You'll be really happy you did. You say something that I've been telling people. So I grew up in a small town, and now live in downtown New Orleans. New Orleans is nothing but a bunch of small communities put together. I mean, it's according to what part of the city you're in. You know, they have their own. They have their own name. They have their own (laughs) traditions. They have their own, you know, there's part of the city that has a big uh, St. Patrick's Day festival. You know, you said that, I think, in Cook County. You basically – Well, you're in the second largest county in the country. You're dealing with small villages and all. And and I find that is really the case in most big markets is that they're nothing but a bunch of small markets put together. If you really get every neighborhood's different. Some need a grocery store. Some need an industry. So interesting you put it like that.
1: You know, got to get out there and knock on some doors and go shake some hands and talk to some people, understand the market, understand the needs and, you know, north. Cook County was different than Southern Cook County, you know, same thing in Dallas, you know,
0: North Dallas is different than Southern
1: Dallas, but you got to go get out there and engage with people and understand the need for the community and understand, you know, what they're looking for. It may be workforce development as far as creating a program there. It may be small business development, providing the tools or providing capital, or so it may be looking at, you know, industrial market. You know, people want to be in the Dallas market because of our, one, our strong strong demographics, but also the strong location that we're in. and You know, we're seeing a huge and very well-trained labor force here that people want to tap into. And, of course, cost of living is a little different. You know, that no state income tax goes a long way.
0: <laughs> Have you found – I mean, Dallas and Atlanta are both growing so fast. Does that create its own challenges, I guess, or uh- – I would think those markets would be a little different than Cook County because Cook County has always been big, but it's not growing at the rate that, say, Dallas is. So does that, does that require different thinking as an economic developer? Yeah, I think
1: more in Cook County we're more about preservation. I think there's other parts of, you know, Southern Cook County that, that was, you know, needs investment. Um, you kind of look at the same thing with, you know, the Atlanta market and forces of the Southern Atlanta market where it needs investment also. Um, but there's room to grow. I think we're seeing a thing that here in Dallas also, the room to grow as far as selling in Dallas, uh, especially the in industrial market. You know, we worked on some great retail deals also with Red Bird Mall. Took an old mall that was pretty much uh, underutilized and uh, needed to be repositioned. And uh, city formed a partnership with a great developer, Peter Bratz, and put the capital in. And now we have. You know, a major uh, business processing out- outsourcing center called Chime Solutions down there. It's a thousand job creator. We've got a couple of healthcare providers down there. we are Scott and White, Parkland, and also UT Southwestern going in. Um, we've got a workforce partner going in, and uh, we're looking to add some other retail entertainment options uh, once we get past this current pandemic and current crisis we're going through.
0: Now, I know while you were in Clayton County, Georgia, you implemented a new marketing concept focused on a push strategy that got your activity from site selectors and realtors up by 500%. So what was that concept that you did? You know, really reaching out
1: to the uh, site selectors and engaging them and and really, you know, going up there and telling the Clayton story. I think working in Clayton County, people had a perception where they didn't know what, um, you know, what Clayton County was. So we had to kind of explain, you know, you're in Clayton County, we're in the airport. Pretty much a blue collar community, but you know, has some very strong um, assets to market. So my strategy is really getting out there and promoting the county, make sure we're telling the right story about if you want to be in the of Atlanta Southern Crescent, it's Clayton County. You want to be by the interstate, 675, and access a great workforce and great amenities in the county, Clayton County is a place to be. Cost of living is much different than Northern Atlanta market. So coming down south, you had a, you know, a little cheaper labor pool, but also you had cheaper real estate costs and you know you had a great access to the interstates, but also great, I mean, perfect access to the airport. I mean, I could leave my office on some days and I could be at the airport in 15 minutes gate to gate from my office door to actually gate to the airport. Actually did it now. Maybe might have been speedy, <laughs> but speedy, <laughs> but actually, actually did it. So it can't be done without traffic for it.
0: Well, we have a lot of young up-and-comers that listen to our show. So what have you learned in all these stops that you might could share with a young up-and-comer that wants to be Courtney one day? Well,
1: I think it's really about building relationships. I think that's probably what, you know, what I've learned in this industry is going around and, and meeting a lot of people around the country. And, you know, just really getting out there and engaging new people and really understanding them, their markets, their experiences, and you can get to know people. But I will say this to see anyone young in this industry, don't be afraid of any challenges. Don't be afraid to take on those complex projects. Don't be afraid to look at new opportunities in the marketplace. You know, I work in a small county of 250,000 250, people. I think now Clayton's 300,000 people. But I also worked in a county of 5.8 million people. So <laughs> you gotta be able to kind of adapt. You know, I worked in a city of 2.8 million people in Chicago, now I'm in the city of 1.3 million people. So, kind of have you know been a wide range of activities that I wasn't afraid of taking on those challenges. And I also started my own business too. So it's really about taking on challenges, being ready to adapt, building good relationships. But I will say this: in, in, in the midst of this current you know, crisis with the pandemic and you know the battle of really understanding systemic racism, really be open to taking advantage in the moment. Understanding the moment that you're in, you know, don't put things off. I think all all of us six months ago had different plans, taking vacations and projects and engaging with you at various conferences and so on, but now we're not doing that. So I really encourage, you know, my my counterparts to really take advantage of the time, take advantage of the moment, understand the moment, and really understand the issues of of, of this time and how you need to, to kind of pivot. At a moment's notice. Uh, that's really critical right
0: now. Well, I know you owned your own business for 10 years. So it wasn't like you were just in business for six months or so. That, that, <laughs> that, that perspective has to help you do your job. Now, I just think back to my own story. I've been in business now six years, and the stuff I have learned, I think, boy, what a better economic developer I would be if I knew now that I sit on this side of the table. <laughs> so I would think those 10 years that you spent on your own business must help you be a better economic developer.
1: You know, it does. I mean, being an entrepreneur, you, you have to adapt. You have to kinda of do everything on your own. You, you bookkeeper to accountant to you know, get your insurance in place and go out there and do the marketer and, and relationship manager and everything. You gotta do it A to Z. So that's one of the things you kinda of learn. And that's what really attracted me to this job, you know, when I applied some three years ago uh, within a job description it said entrepreneur. You know, yeah, it said about tools, new market, tax credits, and tax abatements, and loan programs, and so on. But really, what really captured my attention was the having the word entrepreneurship in the actual job description. They were looking for entrepreneurs. So, that really really piqued my interest because uh, being an entrepreneur, you have to adapt, you have to be creative, you have to kind of be, you know, go out there on the island by yourself sometime. you got to make it work. And I think we're all kind of learning right now as it relates to economic development. You have to be able, you know, get out there and take some risk and make changes to programs and policies and really address supporting our small businesses, but also make sure that our policies and procedures address equality and equity. And also they're very inclusive going forward because I think historically, you know, economic development has been... The Ubers of the world. Hey, we've done that. I think now, how do we actually work in a community, engaged community? How do we make key investments for small businesses? How do we build a, a quality workforce, not just for large corporate sectors, but also working in the small mom and pop sectors and getting them ready for, you know, 21st century, but really providing the resources for them to be successful.
0: All right, last question. Is there anything you'd do differently as you look back through your career? Would you make any different steps along the way? You know, probably one of the things I kind
1: of alluded to earlier is that, you know, I think we all have plans and, you know, we go by calendars and iPhones and Androids. and We've got all these calendars all lined up in sync. You know, I've got a clock for this and a clock for that. But I think you just can't take things for granted. You know, I think a lot of us take thing, things for granted. And, you know, I'll get to it later, or this is my schedule, and I'm going to follow my schedule to a T. We have to learn how to adapt and not take take things for granted. So I would say time is is precious, and I would say you really enjoy time, and really enjoy time with your family and friends and loved ones. I think we all understand that some of us have lost some loved ones during this current crisis pandemic, and this really encouraged people to spend time with their family and friends, and I understand time is cannot be taken for granted.
0: All right, Courtney, thank you for spending a few minutes with us today.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Move Group has launched a new initiative designed to both grow the American economy and improve the quality of lives of economic developers. So we're going to grow the American economy multiple ways. We've got all kinds of different ways to really help economic development organizations be more successful, including helping them bring back jobs from overseas in China, reshoring that production to the United States. And we're going to help economic developers improve their quality of lives. So you always hear that it's the economic developer's job to improve the quality of life of everybody in their community. Well, whose job is it to improve that economic developer's quality of life? At Next Move Group, we're taking that task on for ourselves. So to learn more about the movement that we're creating, go to thenextmovegroup.com backslash movement, thenextmovegroup.com backslash movement.